I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Becca about her two birth stories, which really are quite different. Her first one was in a birth centre and then her second one was at home in which she had some serious complications. So I'll let her take you through the rest. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Becca, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem at all. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yep, sure. So um, I'm Becca. I'm 26. Uh, My partner, Josh, he is 26 as well. And we have two children, Maya and Kobe. And Maya's nearly three. She'll be three in March. And Kobe is four months. Very cute. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you the first time around? So Josh and I had only been together for about nine months when we found out that we were pregnant. So we knew that we wanted children, but it kind of just happened. Um, I did have my IUD removed and we thought it would take like around a year or so to conceive, but um, it ended yeah. up taking less than three months. So we weren't really trying, but we weren't preventing either. So yeah, that was good. Cool. And so, how did you um, find out that you were pregnant? Did you miss a period or? Yeah. So I just had a missed period and thought I'd take a test. And I took about four different tests because they all said positive and I couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And did you have many pregnancy symptoms after that? Just really the usual, like I had sore boobs and stuff. And then um, really bad morning sickness kind of kicked in at like six weeks, like exactly six weeks. And then that lasted till about 14 weeks or so. But other than that, that was, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what about the rest of your pregnancy? Did you have any other symptoms when you got to a later stage or after the morning sickness subsided, you were fine? Um, In my third trimester, I did get carpal tunnel with her. Um, I had yep. to wear wrist braces overnight. I had really sore wrists, yeah, and so I had to wear the wrist braces just to, I don't know, I think it was to do with fluid, extra yep. fluid in my body and stuff, yeah. But other than that, everything was pretty textbook, to be honest. Yeah, awesome. And did you go to any antenatal classes or anything before you went into labour? No, I didn't. I um, was planning on it, but we didn't really have anything nearby in our small town. So, um um, yeah, no, I didn't. I just did lots of research online. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And did you have a plan of where you were hoping to birth? Did you want to do it in a hospital or birth center or at home? Um, yep. So we decided we wanted to do like a natural birth in a birth center. And yeah, so we decided I wanted to do a water birth. And um 
We chose Waterford Birth Centre in Hamilton. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And is that far from where you guys live? Um, so we live in Tokoroa. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Okay. So we live in Tokoroa yeah. and um, it's just over an hour drive to get there. Yeah. So cool. I was a little bit nervous about having to do that drive while in labour, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And did you end up going into labour naturally? Do you want to talk us through that? So I tried all sorts to like um, help with my labour. I drank red raspberry leaf tea from 35 weeks. Um, I used evening primrose oil, which I took orally and also inserted it. Um, I had fresh pineapple every day. I was going for massive walks. I was bouncing on um, a Swiss ball every day. I was having hot curry, (laughs) had sex. Um, She ended up going over nine days. I didn't get induced or anything, but they were starting to talk induction because Easter weekend was going to be the following weekend. So um, my midwife kind of said we'd want to get stuff happening before I was 42 weeks, which I was like, oh, really nervous about. So, yeah, so, yeah, I went nine days over with her and she came. And what were the signs that um, labor had started? So on the Friday morning, I was exactly 41 weeks. And I woke up with cramps at about 3.30 in the morning. I was really excited because nothing had happened so far. And so I started timing them straight away, but they were real irregular. Yeah, so I hadn't lost my mucus plug yet, so I wasn't sure what was happening. Um, I texted my midwife to just to let her know that something could have been happening because the um, cramps carried on all day, so that was good. I went to bed that night, had an amazing sleep. I woke up still pregnant, which I was gutted about on Saturday. <laughs> um, yeah. Until I got up to go to the toilet and I noticed some spotting. So the cramps were still continuing and I knew I was in labor that day because they just started to become longer and regular. Josh was actually at work. So I was like ringing and ringing him, stressing out. And um, <laughs> but luckily we lived with his mum at the time. So she was able to keep me calm while we waited for him to get home. And then as soon as he got there, we were just, we left to Hamilton. So I wasn't like very far along at this point. We just thought if we got to Hamilton and we'll just like hang out in a motel, then I wouldn't have to be in the car like full on in labor. Yeah. We did that. So we were at the motel and my um, midwife came to check me at around eight o'clock that night. I was only four centimeters at that point, <laughs> which sucked because the contractions were like really bad for me and I was like really struggling. Um, Maya was also posterior, so I was getting a lot of back labor. Um, at about 11.30, we rang my midwife and I just basically said I couldn't take it anymore. Like I want to go into the birth center. So it was a Saturday night in Hamilton and we're driving down the main street. <laughs> I'm in the back of the car like screaming <laughs> and there's like drunk people running across the road and stuff. So that was quite an interesting oh, fight. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty funny. So we made it to the birth center. Yeah. Um, I basically just stood in the sh- hot shower with it running on my back and that like helped a lot. I ended up needing an IV line because I was a bit dehydrated and her heart rate was really fast. Yeah. But um, other than that, it was pretty good. Like I had some gas as soon as I got there too. And then um, like a couple hours later, I had some more gas and that made me throw up. Like it made me feel sick and I threw up and that actually made my um, waters semi-break. And then she was, yeah, like about an hour later after that, I was in the 
like starting to push and grunt. So I hopped in the bath and she was born after 13 minutes of pushing at 3.08 on the Sunday morning, March 20th. And um, she was actually semi on in call. So like still in her amniotic sac. Oh, wow. Yeah, but her foot had broken through. So the mid- my oh, midwife had to like pull it over her head, which was pretty cool to see. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, awesome. You obviously got the water birth that you were hoping for. Did you find that that was quite a nice feeling when you were in the end of labor hopping in the bath? Yes, like um, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in the pool. Like I pretty much got in there and I was pushing her out straight away. But um, like I thought after it happened, I don't think I could ever do it without the water again. Like it really did help me. Josh like lifted her onto my chest. It was just such a surreal feeling just seeing her like we were in the water and she was all clean. I don't know if it was because of the water, but she was just like, just had huge eyes staring at me and it was just, yeah, it was (laughs) really cool. It was like exactly kind of how I imagined it to be. So yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And what were the next few hours like for you in hospital? Did she go okay latching on? Oh, sorry. Sorry. She was good. She she latched on like within the hour of being born and um she had a really good feed then. And then she had a big sleep, like a five, six hour sleep. And then um my milk actually came in before we'd even left the birth center. And she was feeding oh, like wow. a champ, but a lot. And so I started getting really sore nipples. Um, by the time we got home they were actually cracked and bleeding. And on day four I actually started getting like flu like symptoms and a really high temp, and I didn't know what was happening, but I ended up getting mastitis, <laughs> which I needed uh, okay. antibiotics yeah. for. Other than that, though, it was everything was really cruisy. We just, like, went home. After my mastitis, I just used um, nipple shields, and then we just weaned off those, and she breastfed until she was 19 months, so we had no issues there either. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Very cool. And how did you go adjusting to life once you got home as a newborn mum? What was that adjustment like for you guys? We were very lucky being with Josh's mum. So she was actually a really big help. Like she, um, obviously she helped cook for us and all that sort of stuff. So I really yeah. was able to just focus on Maya, but, um, which was really handy in those early days, especially, but it was quite hard. She was quite colicky. And she cried a lot, like yeah. she'd just cry for hours in the evening. But um, yeah, we got she she moved on from that in about ten yeah. weeks or so. She got better, and we just dealt with it. Just did what we could in that time. Just lots of rocking and <laughs> shushing and singing and yeah. petting and <laughs> all that. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. And how did you go with your physical recovery from that? Um, I didn't really have anything to compare it to, obviously, but um, I think I bled for like six weeks, like like four weeks full on and then like two weeks of just spotting, thinking it was finished and then it wasn't. But um, other than that, I didn't have any tears or anything like that. I had a small graze and, yeah, that was it. So everything was really good for me. It's quite lucky. Awesome. And how long did it take you to get your period back before you got pregnant the second time? So I got my period actually back at seven months past uh, when Maya was seven months old. And um, when we wanted to have another baby, Maya had already weaned from breastfeeding by then. So um, we actually wanted another baby to be born when Maya would be around two and a half to three years old. So we were actually trying yeah. for him. So um, Yeah. Awesome. And did it take you long to get pregnant? Um, no. 
So I had my IUD removed in November 2017. And um, actually in December, I found out I'd gotten a job that I'd applied for a few months earlier. And I was meant to be starting in mid-January. So we decided we would actually wait a little longer. And so we started using condoms. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the one time we didn't use a condom is pretty sure when we conceived <laughs> because we found out um, yeah. at the end of January that we were pregnant. So um, I'd only been at my new job for two weeks. <laughs> so, but they were really great once I told them. They, um, yeah, I know. I don't believe that. <laughs> but um, they were, really, they were yeah. really great. They've actually kept my job open for me. So Cool. And did you have um, many symptoms once you found out that you were pregnant this time um, around? Just a bit of morning sickness. Basically hit on six weeks again and lasted till about 14 weeks. So I ended up telling run at work in yeah. around eight weeks because... I just had to keep going to the toilet every half an hour to an hour <laughs> to like spill, have a breather yeah. or something. And I was, didn't want them to wonder what I was up to. So, yeah. but yeah, no, that was about it. And a missed period as well. And Awesome. And did you plan on trying to have a birth center birth again or what were your thoughts so this time? I was time? going to use the birth center again, but I was really like had my heart set for some reason before I was even pregnant on a home birth. So... I specifically chose my midwife, Kirsty, because she's a home birth midwife. Josh and I had had quite a few heated discussions about this possibility, but he wasn't really, like he didn't agree. <laughs> and he wanted to go to the birth center just because of the what ifs. But um, when I was six months pregnant, yeah. we officially bought and moved into our first home. So at that point, I pretty much told Josh like a home birth was happening. <laughs> and he said he wasn't like a hundred percent okay with it, but he'll still support me at the end of the day because I'm doing the hard yards. So, um, yeah. my last scan with Kobe was at 22 weeks and we found out we were expecting a boy. So at this scan, he was laying transverse, which is pretty normal for that stage. So yeah. And everything else was really textbook in this pregnancy. So we didn't think I needed another scan. I fully prepped myself up for my birth. Um, being at home, I knew that I'd have no option of pain relief. So I just needed to make sure that I was like really prepared this time. I went to a movie night held by Fran, a lady called Fran, who runs um, these infant and toddler classes here in Tokoro called Baby Beans. Um, she showed us the DVD series Happy Healthy Child. Um, they were really good. And then I also borrowed her book about hypnobirthing, the Mongan method. Um, and that really helped me out a lot because I was able to practice my breathing every night in the shower leading up to my due date and birth as well. That helped me to get into the right space, I think, as well, like a positive mindset, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. I had some homeopathic stuff to help, like options. I used um, the Natural Farm Birth Aid. I had Colophyllum to help make stronger contractions if my labor was dragged out. And gelsemium to help if my label was stopped start because of baby's position, which we only thought was posterior at that point. <laughs> I had arnica for birth pain for after birth pains and um, a witch hazel spray for my perineum and any hemorrhoids and things after birth. And I also made like birth affirmations, like um, your contraction cannot be stronger than you because it is you. So I like wrote all those out and like had everything set up. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just awesome. so that because I really struggled the first time around, so I really like I knew that I had no other option this time. So this time I went over by 13 days. That was pretty weird because everyone told me that like your second usually comes before your first, 
Yeah. It really played on my mind a lot. Like I honestly thought I was going a little bit crazy <laughs> in the last few days. He was another, like he came by himself. So, um, just spontaneous labor again. I felt a little off on the Sunday afternoon and I had dull aches in my tummy. And so to get some rest, we had Josh's mum pick Maya up and take her for the afternoon. But nothing came of that. So when Maya came home, we went for a little walk to get her ice cream just to see if like the walking would help kickstart anything. Um, the next morning on Monday, I started getting subtle pains from about 2 a.m. And um, I woke up at 6.30 with like a pink drip down my leg. So I knew something was happening that day, hopefully. <laughs> um, I had regular contractions, but nothing was quite intense yet. And I rang my mum and let her know to come over and bring nice food. And Josh stayed home from work that day. <laughs> um, I had my yeah. midwife, Kirsty, and my student midwife, Holly, come over for a checkup. And everything seemed okay at that point. Um, my contractions stalled for a few hours. And then I had Josh set up the pool and his mum came and got Maya again because we decided not to have her there at the birth. So at about three in the afternoon, they started to come in stronger and they were roughly like three to six minutes apart, but they were only lasting 50 seconds. So I was waiting for them to become like longer and stronger like they did when I had Maya. Um, I was managing really well and I think it was probably because of hypnobirthing. Like I just was breathing and I was really into them and just like getting into my own space that I just didn't realize how far along I was. And um, I actually thought things were slowing down because I didn't have anything happen for about 20 minutes. This was about 10 o'clock, I think, at this point. And um, I tried to lie down in bed. And that's when I got three contractions hard and fast in a row. And then I walked back out to the lounge. I leant on the couch and I felt major pressure. My waters broke all over the couch. Um, at that point, Josh rang Kirsty and she was on her way. So I was kneeling on the tarp by the pool and um, I felt something slip out. <laughs> and at first I honestly thought that it was my insides, but um, I realized it was a foot. So I actually asked my mother-in-law to look and make sure it was a foot. So I was like sitting there on the floor asking her to look <laughs> down there. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I remember tickling the bottom of his foot and his toes were wriggling. At this point, I realized he was footling breach. And all that I could think was breach is a variation of normal to try and keep myself positive and calm. But um, we were on the phone to my midwife and she was giving us different positions for me to like stand in and push him out. And she called the backup midwife, who was only 20 minutes away, and also an ambulance to come and help assist us. Yep, so the ambulance was super fast, and two ladies came running in. Um, I was down on all fours on the ground with them telling me to push, trying to get his other leg out. Uh, we got down to his tummy when my backup midwife, Kimai, arrived. She was straight in there maneuvering him out because he was also posterior, so <laughs> it was just, like, completely the wrong way. Yeah. Um, his arms were over his head, <laughs> yeah. so she needed to bring these down. And his head was a little stuck. So I was having to push without contractions even. Like I was just pushing the whole time. I remember screaming at them yeah. that this was really sore. <laughs> um, I had hands all up on me trying to like pull him down and stuff. It was just crazy. But um, Josh cut his cord before his head was born. And then the next push he was out and he was straight onto the ground. And he received full resuscitation. He was born at 12.05 on the Tuesday morning. So that was the 9th of October.
So his APGAR score at birth was a zero. So I'm not sure how long they worked on him for, but it was all like a blur for me. But um, I did have a huge rush of adrenaline at that point. I just remember sitting there stunned and I was just looking at him and like couldn't believe what was happening. But um, Kirsty arrived just as my placenta came out and then I was up and I was dressed, throwing random clothes into a bag so I could go to hospital. So once he was semi-stable, we were off in the ambulance. Um, I sat in the front and Kirsty and one of the ambulance staff were in the back working on him. Josh and my mum followed us up in mum's car and we stopped at the mobile in Karapiro and that's where we met, where we met the um, NICU ambulance and Kobe was transferred to them. So, And as he swapped ambulances, actually, we heard a little cry, which was the biggest relief. So kind of like that he was breathing. We carried on to Waikato and my midwife checked me out. I was fine. I had no tears this time either, which I was surprised about considering. So we then went up to Niku to see Kobe. Yeah. Um, and it was a real shock to see him laying there. He was just covered in tubes and cords. Um, he was admitted into nursery one with stage two HIE, which is hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, which is a type of brain injury. So he needed, um, it was from lack of oxygen at birth. So he needed, um, Cooling therapy. So they cooled his yeah. body temperature down to 33.5 degrees and he stayed like that for 72 hours. Um, he had to be sedated with morphine because he was getting restless. So they needed to keep him calm and still. And, um, he is also having seizures. So they had to put him on this medication called Phenobarb and he was being fed through a tube through his belly button and he had a ventilator on as well to support his breathing. So that was just like real crazy, like complete opposite of what we thought was going to happen with a home birth. Yeah, yeah. By the evening of the same day that he was born, he was trying to breathe by himself over the ventilator and um, he obviously still needed some help because he was sedated. But yeah, there were already positives happening with him. So I was admitted onto the postnatal ward and I had 24-7 access to him. So when I couldn't sleep in the night or whatever, I could just go and sit with him. On the Wednesday, I was allowed to help change his nappy but I still wasn't allowed to hold him at this point. They also stopped his seizure medication, which was exciting. I asked to be discharged on Thursday morning, and I stayed in a motel close by with Josh. And by Thursday afternoon, Kobe had not had any seizures all day, and he was breathing well, although he did still have the ventilator as backup. Early Friday morning was when Kobe was going to start um, being rewarmed back to room temperature. So that takes up to 12 hours, can take up to 12 hours to rewarm him back to like the normal body temp. So um, he did really well with the rewarming. He didn't yeah. have any seizures and he was fully rewarmed just after midday on Friday. So he was um, three days old at this point. He was still pretty groggy from all the medications, but he looked like he already looked way better. And we were able to feed him some colostrum through his tube, which was cool too, because he'd been having like um just like a special sugar, stuff to feed him i can't remember what it was called, but yeah he wasn't allowed milk so yeah that was really exciting too so i'd been i'd been expressing a lot yeah since he was born just to make sure that my milk came in and everything that same night that he was rewarmed at about 8 30 i was finally allowed to hold him for the first time so that was pretty amazing like i can't even explain actually how that felt that was just all the emotions <laughs> The next morning, which was Saturday, yeah. was when Josh got to have his first hold. And then um, after that, I was actually able to get him to latch and he had his first breastfeed. So that was really cool. Um, 
while he was in hospital, Maya was actually with Josh's parents. So they brought her over a few times, but she was actually too young to go in and see him. But I don't think she would have handled it to be honest anyway. Like I think it would have been too much. She was pretty standoffish towards me too. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel really bad that I didn't prepare her for anything. Like I didn't prepare her for us being away because I didn't think we would be. So I guess it was her way of dealing with it all. But yeah, it was really hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. So um, Sunday morning, just as we yeah. were going to leave the motel that we were staying in, the hospital rung us and said Kobe had been moved to nursery five, which was a good sign because all he had on now was a feeding tube. And so he was in the less intensive part. Yeah. This day was all about breastfeeding. So I only <laughs> left him to go and get food or pump because I made sure I was there every three hours for his cares and to breastfeed him and top him up in his feeding tube. So on Monday morning, we were finally allowed to dress him in his own clothes because up until that, he was only in the nappy. And then he was moved to nursery six that afternoon, which was another good sign. And once again, I just stayed with him the whole time. And I only left for food and to pump to make sure that I was there for his cares and to breastfeed him. Because the sooner that we could get him feeding properly, it would be basically like the sooner we can go home sort of thing was what I was thinking. So, um, while I was actually burping and cuddling yeah. him, he literally pulled out his own feeding tube from his nose. I didn't even realize it was caught on his finger and he pulled his hand out and the tube came out. So I told the nurse, she just laughed. <laughs> and the charge nurse suggested that at about 10 o'clock that night that since he seemed to be latching onto my breast and feeding well, like instead of putting a feeding tube back in, I was allowed to stay in one of the parents' rooms. And... um the nurses just came and got me through the night when I needed to come and feed him. <clears throat> so that was cool. So it was now Tuesday. So he was a week old. Yeah. Um, he was doing amazing. He, like, I was allowed to bring him into the parent room on this day. Um, we were officially rooming in and on the home stretch. So that was cool. He, um, fed really well overnight and gained 40 grams at his next weigh in the following morning on the Wednesday. He had his tongue tie released, um, that day as well because I was getting really sore nipples again and I was scared of getting mastitis. So he had a pretty intense tongue tie. So yeah, they just, they were happy yeah. to release that for us. So they did that before we left. Um, Josh had gone home for the night and he came back Wednesday morning to room in with us that night. And um, they actually rushed Kobe's MRI scan cause he needed one and they were going to make us come back again, but they decided to do it before they discharged. Yes. They rushed his MRI scan so that we didn't have to come back. So that was really good. So we, had that done on the Wednesday afternoon. They wanted us to stay one more night. We almost thought we were going to go home afterwards, but they wanted us to stay one more night just so they could give us the results in the morning before we leave. So finally on Thursday morning, um, Kobe had another awesome weight gain and the MRI scan showed no concerns and we were discharged and leaving the hospital just after 11. So that was crazy. He was nine days old, so we stayed there for nine days. Yeah, it was really intense. Like oh, wow. the first like few days, obviously he was just being cold, yeah. so there was like no change at that point. But once he was back to like rewarmed, it just he just yeah he recovered so well. Yeah. So when we got home, yeah, awesome, and unpacked, and I got settled onto the couch with our nine-day-old newborn, trying to get my head around all of my emotions because that was just you know we're <laughs> be there with our one-day-old. <laughs> yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Josh went to pick up our daughter, Maya, from daycare, and when she got home, she had the biggest smile on her face, and she ran over to her brother and gave him a big kiss, and, like, straight away asked for a cuddle. 
So that was really cool. Like I was really worried about um having two kids too, like how she'd react. But yep, she was just obsessed. And um Yeah. 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 Kobe went to follow up appointments at about um I think it was eight weeks, six weeks and eight weeks. And um he needed to just go and see the doctor that looked after him in Niku and he also had to go yeah. and see the um physio over at Waikato. So um he was pretty much discharged from all hospital care from that. Um, everything was all good. He just needs two more routine checkups around nine and 15 months just to check development, you know, that everything's going good. But he's made all of his milestones so far and he's, yeah, he's yeah doing really well, actually. He's so good. He's just so cruisy. He's, like, been really chill. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And you yeah, recovered like, reckon, physically sort of similar to I your first birth or did you find time, it easier like, or harder the second time around? Um, for me, phys- physically, not emotionally, obviously, yeah. but physically this time around, like I didn't even have any tears or anything. Like yeah. I only bled for maybe like three weeks and then just had a bit of spotting, but um, it was really like it didn't even hurt to pee afterwards. <laughs> Like it stung really bad after Maya and this time around it didn't hurt at all. Like, yeah, it was just, yeah. I don't know if it was because I was focused on everything else too. Like oh, awesome. it was just focused on being in hospital and stuff like that. But yeah, physically yeah, yeah, it was maybe. really good this time. Yeah. I don't want like that story to put other people off because I think it's an amazing like yeah. opportunity we have here to do that. And like we, we have really good midwives and stuff. I was, it was very rare that like his breach, like him being breached was missed. Like if I had the opportunity, if Josh would be like happy with it, I'd totally try and do another one. If I was to have another baby, I reckon. As long as my baby wasn't broke, I guess. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think for me personally, I'd just go through way more scans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And check positioning. But yeah, like other than that, um, I don't want to put anyone off having a home birth just because of that my experience but um yeah cool well thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today becca i really appreciate it and i'm looking forward to getting your episode out on the podcast thanks so much for listening to this episode of the kiwi birth tales podcast i really hope you enjoyed it i'd love to hear your feedback so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our instagram at kiwi birth tales and leave a comment there If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.